0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show, Football Edition. My name is Joe Marchelin, and I'm happy to be here with you for another week talking some New Hampshire high school football. Once again, alongside me uh, is Mike Lockman, longtime football coach in the state of New Hampshire, uh, most recently at uh, Sauhegan. Uh, before we get started, let me remind everyone we'll be recording the show this season on Tuesdays at 6 at Riverside Barbecue in Nashua. You can be a part of the show by emailing us at nhhighschoolsports@gmail.com. at gmail.com or you can come on down and listen to us live. The show will be available every Wednesday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com and also on iTunes. Mike, thanks for joining me again. Absolutely. Uh, I think we have a few things to talk about this week. Yeah. Uh, what a great weekend. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I hate to say it, but kind of finally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, after, uh, particularly in Division One, after a rough couple of weeks, uh uh, maybe a couple of, you know, in hindsight, mismatches, blowouts, uh, of whatever you want to call them. Um,
1: there's some pretty good football games this past weekend. Yeah, some good football games and some some potentially surprising outcomes. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff to talk about. I'm I'm I'm, I'm saying we get right into <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, well, of
0: course, you had uh, Bedford going out to win it. Uh, and losing out there to the Warriors, and then you also had Goffstown going out to Exeter uh, and pulling off. Uh, I, I don't know if it was so much the fact that Goffstown won that was surprising to me, but the way in which they won—you know, holding Exeter to seven points—I guess that that one touchdown came on a very short field for for Exeter, and
1: then they struggled offensively the rest of the, the rest of the game. Yeah, um, it it didn't shock me like a like a punch in the face kind of shock i mean i i know we, you we, we had mentioned earlier on the show that coach Huft was two and zero against um against exeter which <laughs> we said geez he's probably God. not going to appreciate that we voiced that but uh, now he's three and zero, and we can talk about it now <laughs> but um so so there you know you take that into account but i think if you had asked coach Huft, hey you know how do you feel about your team he would have said he feels very good but you know kind of hey we've we've got some holes we've got a new quarterback we're breaking in i I know that they felt very strong about their defense coming back and um but but to do that against an extremely good exeter team at eustace field Mm -hmm. is that what they call it eustace field ball stadium stadium, yeah yeah to do that in their home is Mm -hmm. not an easy thing to do and um and especially with the the style that Exeter plays, right? I mean, you are you're, you're hanging on with your fingernails to try to keep them from getting 3 yeah. or 4 yards a pop. Yeah, great effort by Goffstown. Hats off to the coaches and the kids. What a what a what a fantastic uh way to sort of end the first part of your season and propel yourself into the middle of Kind of that
0: first third of the year, yeah, yep. now that cuz with the 9-game regular season. Uh, you know, the the thing and you mentioned it and I think we talked about it earlier in the year was just yeah, Goffstown was breaking in a new quarterback this year. There were some other, I think, question marks, probably more question marks for them on offense than there were on defense. And when you really look at it, you know, some of those guys that they've got on defense that kind of that are their standout leaders, you know, the Adam Moses, the Joey Poissons, uh, Andrew Duvall, who's yeah. a great two-way player for them. Yeah, Duvall was banged up, I think, at the beginning of the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, didn't play in the Jamboree, yep. yeah. Um, you know, those kids are three-year... Starters on the defensive side of the ball, yeah, uh, and and just that that experience. I mean, they they, they played Exeter on, on that you know the championship game when they were sophomores, right? Uh, I, I, that experience is, is invaluable, uh, and and I think that's probably the key is just having not only good players but players that
1: know what to expect and know how to handle situations. Yeah, I think in football more than a lot of other sports, the experience factor in high school particularly, is the biggest key, right? Like you can have a great weight room and you can have a great coaching staff and you can end up with a with a, a good schedule that's in your favor and all those things are good. But, man, I, I got to tell you, when I was an assistant and a head coach, if I had a bunch of guys coming back from the previous season, there was nothing that could replace that, um, particularly on the defensive side of the ball because I think offense is always sort of more slower developing in terms of your timing and things like that. But if, if, you, if you had a core group coming back on defense – you could get some things done, so you can
0: kind of rely on that until the offense kind of catches exactly. up. Exactly, yeah. That's, yeah. My, that's you exactly. know you can always always stop someone. Kind of tougher to maybe assert your yourself on the other side of the ball. Yeah, um, you know the and you know speaking of scoring surprises, I guess on the other side of the, you know those two games, um, Bedford only coming out with eight points. Uh, although yeah. I guess they turn the ball over twice um, inside when it's twenty, so you get a figure. A break goes their way, and maybe it's a 2016 game or, or some 2015, something yeah. like that.
1: And I, I followed the game. I didn't. I wasn't there, but I was I was listening to a, a broadcast of it, and it sounded like Winikunet played defense just lights out. You know, they were they were deflecting passes. They they got the the key turnovers right. that you mentioned. Um, it sounded like Bedford had a couple of good runs, but that Winikunet was able to step up and, and consistently stop the running game. Um, and it seemed like um, Robert was, was sort of thrown off a little mm-hmm. bit, right? I mean, that's not his usual performance. So yeah, I think yeah. the the Winnicott secondary and linebackers, um, again, from what I was able to gather, played really, really well against the pass. And then they were able to do their job up front against the run. And when that happens, and especially the way that Bedford opened the season, where they were used to, I mean, just, just I mean, that was a quality I think Portsmouth team that they sort of laid it yeah, to they the week just before sixty points on them. So yeah, so I mean, when you're yeah. used to that kind of rhythm and things going well, it actually can hurt you when you run up a little bit against a, a wall like that because you don't know maybe how to react that early in the season. And and that's to take nothing away from Winikunet; they played lights out, and it really sets the table nicely for. We just talked about exit or losing. Right, We're talking about Winikunet being an underdog and winning. Sets the table kind of nicely for this week. This weekend, for this weekend. It. of
0: course, the two of them play Saturday afternoon at, at Exeter. Yep. Uh, one of uh, a handful of kind of rivalry games uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, one, Another one that kind of took place last week, that Pinkerton Salem game last Saturday, mm-hmm. um, I was over at that. You know, it, it was a very, I thought, evenly matched first half of that game with Salem, of course, winning 35 to 20. Um, was 35-14 for most of the second half. Pinkerton tacked on a, a touchdown uh, pretty late in that one. Um, you know, it, it, it started out looking like Pinkerton was going to be able to move the ball whenever it wanted to. They punted on their first drive, came out, and actually threw for a couple of first downs uh, on their second dr- second and third drive, um, able to find the end zone. And the only thing that kept Salem in it at that point was... a. Uh, ninety four yard kick return by Josh Sabanda who almost actually slipped and fell when he when he fielded the kick yeah uh, so it went from disaster to uh, uh, i guess the
1: opposite of disaster you know in, in pretty quickly um, it's amazing by it the way how many times that happens in high school where a kid bobbles the ball on a kickoff return or almost slips or something it's almost like the Return teams, so or I mean, it the, the it coverage it team sort of lightens right. up a little bit, and then or a scene. Someone,
0: someone told me once that they thought that, that it, it just throws off the timing enough yeah. that you're not in the spot that you're supposed, supposed to be. No one could use the air quotes I was using there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aside from you, um, you know, th- that you're all of a sudden maybe a step behind and, and the defense has overrun you or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it certainly doesn't hurt that Josh is I one of the best uh, athletes. In unbelievable. The state. Um, <laughs> unbelievable athlete, yep. uh, incredible speed. Um, Pinkerton did a decent job of, of kind of containing him, uh, keeping him from getting outside and getting going. Uh, and it took Salem a little while to get him going inside. And that's exactly what happened. Ended up having touchdown runs of, I want to say 73 and I think 44 yards. Um, you know, and then they were able to put a lot of pressure on Pin- on Pinkerton's passing game. Mm. Um, you know, really kind of threw them off. And then I th- they kind of almost abandoned the run a little bit too much in the second half. Mm. So an interesting, uh, interesting. And then we, d- we had one more 2-0 uh, and, o two two and o teams in North and Londonderry. Right. Which s- was another fantastic finish with North getting a defensive touchdown late to go up 21-20. And Len- Londonderry getting a big kickoff return to set up the winning touchdown
1: yeah yeah and you know i it's interesting because we had talked um a little bit about londonderry and you know again kind of going back to our first our first show that we did where you say geez you know londonderry had what a do rough draw yeah. yeah. in the jamboree you know that was kind of a ended up kind of being a bloodbath and they've done nothing but uh play well since then i think you know um coach Lawson has sort of found a rhythm in the run game and um, that has done very well for Londonderry um, the past couple weeks. But, you know, this was one of those games that I think you, you could measure Londonderry by because North is a high-quality team as well. So this was probably their first real test. I think of both sides it could. You know, yeah. North had a pretty
0: favorable schedule the first couple weeks there. Yeah. Of course, both, both teams get uh, a little bit tougher uh, schedules as going forward. And starting with this week, we, you got know, Londonderry, of course – uh, playing Pinkerton for yeah. Mac Mac Plaque weekend there, uh, and then North and South uh, playing the Battle of the Bridge at, at Stelos on Friday. Yeah, uh, of course South getting off the off the mat uh, for the first time this year with that win at Merrimack. That um, you know I, I went back and 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 you know this was up on nh highschoolsportscom dot com earlier this week um, and kind of broke down like how, you know how did how did South kind of you know how were they able to win this game? And and Scott Knight had said after that one that they were finally able to get their running game going. And I went back and looked at it and, you know, almost 65% of their plays were running plays, which I know there are spread teams that run the ball, but South typically hasn't been
1: one of them. Yeah. Uh, South will lean on screen game and and short passing game as their running game, essentially. I mean, they still have their inside zone stuff and jet sweeps, but but yeah, they like to toss it around.
0: Right, right. Um, Was kind of – you know, I'm wondering how much of that, because, you know, that's two weeks in a row I've seen Merrimack. They did a, a good job early on of shutting down South's passing game. It wasn't actually in the second half. South got it going a little bit more in the air. The week before, they did a fantastic job uh, shutting down BG's uh, passing game. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's maybe the strength of that Merrimack defense now, you know, that that, that their secondary has maybe stepped up, kind of gotten a little bit ahead of of where everyone else is uh, on that, you know, because they've got so many new guys out there. Yeah. That um, it's that's where maybe their
1: playmakers are on defense. You know, that's a really interesting thought. I, I would definitely... I, I still think Merrimack's a high-quality team, um, but I would definitely say that they are probably more athlete-heavy than they are a, a team with with the size and sort of the, the, the bulk that you expect right. of a run-stopping yeah. um, defense, or a team that can pound the ball in the run. Um, but they're still... You know, it, it's tough to figure Merrimack right now because you knew South came out. You know, in my thinking, exactly what Coach Knight said was was where my head would have been at if I was a coach there, which would have been, you know, hey, we've had two rough weeks. We'll, we'll be darned if we're going to come out and lose another w- one, right? Yeah. I don't care if we're going against the Patriots or Merrimack or whoever. We're going to come out. We're going to play, mm-hmm. um, and, and they did exactly that. And then you look at Merrimack, who um, the the two teams that they've beaten are a combined 0-6, if I'm not mistaken. Right, yep. so Keenan
0: and uh, BG. Yeah,
1: and I still think Merrimack's a good team, but, you know, right now it's hard to gauge them um, given what their first three weeks have been. Right, so and, then and this week, of course, they've got, or al- uh, at Alvern, mm-hmm. uh,
0: team who just picked it, up a team b- yeah, that got its first win, um, first win against Keen in a while, too, I think, yeah. you know, going back a couple of years. Uh, so it's, it's huge for them. And, I mean, this could be, you know, the i'm not sure too much about alvern i haven't seen them yet this year um you know they pull out a win against merrimack at home to go to two and two you know that kind of i don't want to say that they're maybe in it you know they've got a definitely a tough still a tough road left to go i think they have to play um still have to play south still have to play salem londonderry um but being two and two four games in sure wouldn't Sure no, wouldn't be a bad thing for them. No,
1: I would think especially given the the path that they've taken to get here, they would feel pretty good about that. I, I did see some of that game. Um and I, I thought that I thought that they played fairly well. They ran the ball pretty well. Um, I think it looked to me like Keene maybe have a couple guys banged up so Keene's approach I believe so, yeah. has sort of morphed a little bit. Keene started out being a little bit more of a banger and a runner type team and I think Keane was trying to spread the ball around a little bit more, and it, that seemed to play to Alvern's favor. Um, I, I didn't see the whole game, so I didn't, I, you know, I don't have a thorough analysis. But that's sort of my impression: is that um, Alvern played with some emotion, and it, it just so happened that I think that some of the things that Keane felt like they were forced to go to probably played to Alvern's strengths defensively, and and uh, and they were able to do some nice things as a result. Uh, one more thing I want to bring up. Um
0: before we kind of start taking a look at a little bit more at this week's games, but uh, just because I'm, you know, I do too much research sometimes, and, and uh, I think it's the, the history major in me that, that uh, can never put down, you know, never stop looking back and be like, oh, well, this happened here and this mm-hmm. happened there. Goi- going back, uh, of course, we said Bedford uh, this week or last week lost a win at kind of 20 to eight. One is wondering when the last time that was that they had scored, you know, less than 10 points. Of course, in the championship game last year, they won 7-0 uh, championship game against Pinkerton in 2014. They got shut out. So the last regular season game uh, that Bedford scored less than 10 points was back in the early part of 2012 huh. when they were in Division, Division two, two for that one year yep. against Winnicott. Hmm. Just not that that means anything, just kind of an interesting... Uh, interesting yeah. factoid.
1: Although a lot of consistency in both of those coaching staffs. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I, I know that Coach Hines isn't at Bedford anymore, but certainly Coach Stank was on that yep. staff, and a lot of those guys yeah. around him were still there, and Winnikunit has a very consistent coaching Yeah. so who knows? I <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't want to make Coach Stank paranoid, but <laughs> maybe Winnikunit knows something. Um,
0: and, you know, w- w- you kind of look at those, um, the standings on that side of the cluster now, the e- east-north uh, with, you know, Winnikunit and Exeter, and in the east and Bedford and Goffstown in the north. And they're kind of, because of those wind, maybe flipped from a way a lot of people thought they were going to be. With yeah. Winniconnant on top, Winniconnant and Goffstown on top at 3-0. and Exeter and Bedford next at 2-1. and yep. I, I think that makes for, uh, you know, that makes Saturday's game huge between Winnicon and Exeter. I mean, if, yeah. if Winnicon comes out with a win there to go to 4-0, you bump Exeter back to 2-2. and you know th- who would uh, they still have to when kind of still has to play golf Sound. um still has to play portsmouth i believe p- still has to i think they still have central after that um you know but central team that's putting up some putting points putting up a, but but almost can't stop but anybody up a lot of points yeah, yeah. <laughs> little green need to find their yeah, events yeah yeah um you know it, it would take kind of a collapse by when i would think to not finish with that top spot if they if they yeah. could pull out a win this weekend
1: yeah it, it really did set the table for a fascinating game this weekend. I mean, because you, you figure Exeter in somewhat foreign territory coming off a loss this early in the season, and they're a very, very good team. So they're going to have a whole different sort of juice going this week in motivation, and then Winneconit kind of coming at it from the opposite angle, right? The, they, they had that thing where, you know, hey, we're the only ones that believe in ourselves. Nobody else Right, yep. At yeah. looked at us. What was the thing in the locker room? It was like 11-0 and and or, or something right. like I that. Everybody that picked yeah, against yeah, and so yeah. Now they've got to sort of recover emotionally from that and make sure they're I mean in a rivalry week, hey, I'm sure they, you don't got yeah, it. But yeah. they have to make sure they're checking themselves. They're not overconfident going in against an Exeter team that just lost and is going to be very motivated. So,
0: I, I think awesome. I want to say something like the last four years that they played this game with the exception of one of them, the average margin of dif- uh, victory for Exeter has been like less than five points yeah. it, which is just yeah. and sometimes yeah.
1: it's been like a special teams thing a field like field, goal
0: a field goal at the end of, the, of the, game. the game i remember yeah. the one yeah, the one i went to I, I think i've been i went not last year but the year before was a came down to a field goal at the end of the game
1: yeah
0: um it'd be you know it would be great to see yeah. too if it's too bad that bedford and goffstown were playing this weekend too just to kind of get that one out of the out of the way yeah. i guess but of course they're not playing for a couple of weeks now uh Sa- another Saturday at in Goffstown. In Goffstown, yeah. Um, Something you know, to talk about that one. Yeah, week. Bedford um, Bedford gets Spalding, gets to go to Spalding this week, so you kind of have to feel a little bit for the Raiders that, you know, they just gave up 72 to Central. They're getting an angry Bedford team that that not only is coming off a loss but has to drive all the way out to Rochester. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, Goffstown has uh, a home game against Portsmouth. Yeah. Um, so that should be it. should be an interesting one, but I think I would probably – have to favor the grizzlies a little bit in that one just again because of that defense
1: yeah i mean it's a championship game rematch going back to
0: oh geez yeah i didn't even think about that 20 2012? 2012 yeah, yeah another 2012
1: yeah where i, I think
0: portsmouth, portsmouth won. won that. Oh yeah
1: yeah um yeah. but uh but yeah so that another another one of these
0: actually i think a couple of years there oh no I'm, i take that back No, it was a championship game no maybe the year before too i think they met in the quarterfinals the the year Bedford and, and Portsmouth played in the final, yeah. I think Portsmouth went and upset Town yep. at Town too. Yeah, and Brookline um, lost to right, Bedford. Bedford yeah, yep, that was
1: 2011.
0: Um, of course, on the other side, we've got the uh, the North-South game uh, Friday night that yep. I'll, I will be taking in. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of intrigued about this game because I really, really don't know which way it's going to go. I, I, at the beginning of the season, if you'd asked me, I would have said South. Clearly, yep. I thought they were the better team. Um, so many more returning players, um, you know. Not that I still don't think they have a chance of winning. Uh, I think maybe they're, yeah, maybe they are just starting to get now on the same page and kind of get to that level that, uh, you know, I expected them to be. But North has been uh, kind of a surprise to me. I, I you know, I, th- I thought they would be competitive, but, you know, didn't realize how quickly it would kind of come together.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're just short of being three and zero, right? North. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think the the thing that I would say to that would be. That if, if South has discovered uh, a running game, uh, an effective running game, like we like we sort of surmise they have because of the way things went at, at Merrimack this past weekend, then that, that's going to make South a really tough team. Um, you know, I mean... If they're one-dimensional and all they were trying to do is is throw the ball, and their running game wasn't really effective, then you can kind of load up on that. But if they found uh, some physicality and some well, I was on gonna on say
0: it's not just that, uh, it's not just that they have a running game; it's that they have a power running back in in my right. uh, kid uh, Jalen Pacheco, who is right. just a m- massive junior. He's
1: yeah, just a ball of muscle on
0: the roster. I think at two twenty or two thirty, yeah. um, which is the kind of kid that they haven't had at South. They've had a couple of more like squat powerful guys yeah. um that weren't necessarily you know yeah, or like every down kind of yeah like which yeah, three, yeah we're you know? and, and we're talking about t- almost <laughs> 10 years ago with right. that yeah right. um so this is a kind of kid that they you know to just be able to line up and and r- run him forward uh something they haven't had in quite a while yeah. um i'm also interested to see how because one thing that north does have i think is some speed mm-hmm. in its skill positions how that kind of matches up with with South's defense, uh, you know, because they really had a tough time with Sabanda and Salem yeah. and their, their team speed in that that Week One game.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see th- how they feature Jenkins. It's kind of the same question that we had about Merrimack and how they were going to feature Eichmann, right? He yeah. Is he better as a slot? Is he better as a, a running back getting some handoffs out of the backfield? And I think North kind of does the same thing with Jenkins, where they they, they use him in move him around. Right. Right. He's right. obviously a, a stud. He's got incredible wheels so now it's okay let's make sure that we're keeping the defense off their on their toes by moving him around featuring him in different ways so you know south will have to be up to the challenge to adjust to where they're putting him and how they're utilizing him
0: also you know is anyone else able to step up for north if south is able Mm -hmm. to contain Jenkins you know and they really I don't want to say they didn't do it with Eichmann I mean he had a couple of long runs um, they just kept the ball away from Merrimack f- yeah. for so long. Yeah. You know, it was it was tough for him to get touches. Yeah.
1: Um. So it could come down to how well Nashua North's defense plays. You know, are they able to, to get the ball back and get right, it
0: get get of south eye. off the field? Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right. Let's move on to uh, some Division Two stuff. Uh, kind of go over it a little bit. Of course, I don't think we had anything quite as exciting uh, in terms of upsets. Of course, we did have that. Uh, back and forth game between St. Thomas and Sauhegan out here in Amherst. Yeah. Uh, that another one kind of like that North Londonderry game. just kind of a kick to the gut, I think, probably for for Sauhegan, where you know they take the lead late. They're getting set to kick off, and uh, Tim Bouchard, Bouchard just you back. know just returns the kick and kind of takes the wind out of everybody's sails.
1: Yeah, it, it was um it was one of those games where no matter which team lost, the other you know th- the, the team who lost was gonna was going to have a rough feeling that yeah. night you because know, yeah. it, it, c- it did come down to a very emotional finish but you know it's 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 funny right the kicking game I- it is so underestimated and, and uh the importance of it uh, you know and, and you think you know so Hegan goes ahead late in the late in the game kicks to one of the best athletes in division two takes it back whatever it was 90 yards i think for so some
0: it was yeah I d- I d- Something like it that. It was
1: a, it was a good yeah. long run, right? And he brought brings it back for a score. St. Thomas turns around, kicks the ball to Dante Savo, which is equally dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dante takes it back to like the, the plus thirty two or something. Yeah. Like that puts Sauhegan in great position to to, to kind of put the nail in the coffin. And it sounded like the um, it sounded like the St. Thomas defense just really stepped it up in the end. I, I think Sauhegan had a chance to score um, on on fourth down and. Goal, maybe from inside the ten. I I, I I can't remember exactly the details. And they came up with a big sack. Um,
0: yeah, it did sound like they had co- they were able to get quite a bit of pressure on uh, on Southiegan's passing game. Um, yeah, you know, kind of keep that in check for maybe force a few more punts than they might be used to. Um, yeah.
1: I think the Saint Thomas defensive front is very good. I yeah. I'm not familiar with the kids names that play defensive line for them but from what i've been able to gather they're very physical they're fast they may not be huge kids but they're physical
0: they've got a big one coming up i believe this week a couple of big ones coming up on the schedule uh i believe this weekend they they are hosting kennett st thomas's um and then uh, they've got that game uh which is great now that they're in the same conference against uh against Windham. um
1: yeah uh Right after that. Wyndham has Sauhegan, Wyndham has Sauhegan
0: and St. Thomas. St. Thomas, Thomas <laughs> has Kennett and then Wyndham. And then right. Milford after at Milford after that. Yeah, So pretty uh, pretty rough stretch for them. Actually, and, and Wyndham has Lebanon the week after that. So both teams yeah. kind of with uh, getting into the meat of their schedule should be pretty interesting. Of course, Wyndham coming off the big win over um, Hillsborough, Daring, Hopkinton, yeah. uh, both teams at 3-0. and And then also Conval in the south there yeah. at 3-0. and uh, They've got an interesting couple of weeks. I think they've got Sanborn. At home this week uh, you know not you know Sanborns kind of struggled a little bit this year um, struggled a little bit this year and then a, after a bye week you know Conville's got comes back with Hollis Brookline yeah. Um, yeah yeah so that could be
1: yeah I mean Conval that's a that was a quality win at Milford right and I mean yeah. I don't know what kind of a team Kingswood has Usually they're pretty physical, but they've they've struggled the last couple of years. I think. I think the points they scored against Conval were their first this season. Well, is that true? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, but you can still. S- I mean, Conval still has a very quality win from week one. Milford uh, got off the mat this past yeah. weekend and beat yep. um, uh, uh,
0: Pelham. Pelham, and then they've got West this week. Yeah, uh, and then Sauhegan the week after.
1: And it sounded like the way Milford won. I, you know, I it was just sort of a snippet, but it sounded like it was kind of unconventional for them. You know, the the. Sound like they took a um, Gavin Erda punt return. Yeah, um, yeah, kind of get some yards some bigger plays
0: than maybe they're they're yeah, usually they really like think getting. Yeah, they threw
1: yeah. the ball in for a couple. Which not to say that I, I think King is a really good quarterback, but you know you, you're used to hearing. You, them running the ball. Pound yeah. Pound yeah. the ball yeah pound the ball in so milford kind of went the the unconventional route for them in that win so so good for them to to get pick up their first win of the season
0: i don't, I don't no real surprises i don't think on the other side either it's plymouth bow and hanover are all still at three and three and zero. bow yet to uh allow a point yet this year yeah uh john stark moved up to two and one too yeah um you know so they're not far behind uh they've got I uh, forget who they have this weekend, but I think they yeah just knocked off Lebanon, so that was a that's a pretty big win for them. Yeah, uh, you know, coming they've at
1: Kingswood and then at Laconia the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and the Lebanon game was a tight one. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and and you know the other team that hasn't gotten a lot of discussion is Hanover. Right. Um, I don't know how much they have back from last year's team. I just I've said this on this show a couple times between last year and this year. I, I've never been more impressed with the across the board team uh, you know in recent years that i have from what i saw from handover yeah. i mean just every one of their kids at their positions were s- just sort of above average right no home run hitter superstar but every one of those kids blocking tackling doing all the right things um and they're three and 0 i'd have to assume they 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 have a fair amount of that roster back perhaps and they're well coached and uh yeah they've got got a big one
0: against lebanon this week yep. that's always kind of an inter- another rivalry game for this weekend but you know, if they win that, and then they've got Guilford, Belmont, and then Kingswood. After that, you know, those they got to be winnable games. You got to think at home. You know, they could be noth- looking at another six and zero start going into the last two games at Kennett and at John Stark. Yep. Uh, let's jump over to Division Three, kind of quick before we wrap things up here. Uh, you know, we were talking about Bo's defense not giving up any points, and Campbell. Campbell's in the same boat. No points allowed yet this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've got – an. W- I think will be an interesting game I, against Epping Newmarket on Saturday. I don't know – Epping, of course, played that uh, odd Sunday night game at Summersworth this past yeah, weekend. Yeah, I and, saw and, that. Uh, you know, kind of – Summersworth won that kind of handedly. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see now what Campbell does against them. Of course, those two – Summersworth and Campbell are looking like the, the teams to beat out of the South in Division Three. Yeah. Uh, you know – Epping, I know, is kind of a, a contrast in style, I think, of the two. They're more of a spread team. Um, like to throw the ball a little bit more, I think, than those two teams. So how that matches up with Campbell is a little bit more physical. Um, and, I guess and we'll and say. And, 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 yeah, and yep. is a l- much bigger. Um, should be an interesting one. Yep. Um, yeah. And then, of course, Newport and Manadnock on the other side at 3-0. and uh, Kearsarge
1: right behind them. Yeah. And um, another one of those teams you were talking about. Campbell not giving up, uh, you know, and Bo and some of these other teams that haven't given up a point. I think Manadnock gave up a touchdown in, in the first quarter of week one. And I don't then nothing, given up nothing since then. yeah Yeah, so Minadnock, uh not to fly under the radar, is a pretty good team coming out of that, um, coming out of that conference.
0: Uh, big game probably in the north is uh, Newport at Stevens mm-hmm. uh, the coming up this weekend. Of course, Newport, they – are in the same kind of boat there. They gave up 12 points in the wee- the opener against Kearsarge. shut out Winnesquam. Shout out Interlakes the last two weeks. And that that's probably, I mean, those were two teams that people were looking at as potential playoff teams in Winnesquam and Interlakes. Yep. Um, and Interlakes, that's two weeks in a row getting shut out. Uh, Got to wonder what kind of what's going on there.
1: Yeah, that's not something you would expect, especially with some of the skilled position people they had coming back. I mean, some of those guys, like I think the, the, the brothers. Brother
0: Andrew Brothers and uh, – He's probably the biggest the biggest name coming back for them, yeah. but they do have some other s- good skill kids up I there. Man, those guys
1: have started for for three years, I, if back I'm not mistaken. Back to back runners up, yeah, in the division,
0: yeah. All right, well, I think Mike, that's going to probably uh, run us out of time for this week. Uh, yeah, it yeah, kind of flies by uh, when we got lots to talk about. Um, did want to give you a quick rundown of what's going to be going on in the site this week. Uh, of course, on Wednesday, uh, we're going to take one more look at Salem's. Uh, Salem's win over Pinkerton, just exactly how they were able to pull that one off. Uh, and also tomorrow night, I will be at the Bishop Gert Bedford girls volleyball game, so you can look for coverage of that on Thursday. Uh, also on Thursday, we're going to have the first football playoff picture of the season. What that is is I will sit down and do my own version of uh, bracketology for the football playoffs, and we'll be doing it for other sports too. Uh, but Thursday will be the first day of the football ones up there. And then uh, that night I'll be at the North-South girls volleyball game. You can check out coverage of that on Friday. Uh, Friday we'll also have a few things to get you ready kind of for this, uh, the upcoming weekend. Uh, and uh, as for coverage for football this week, I'll be at the uh, North-South game on Friday. We'll also have coverage of Londonderry, pinkerton Weston-Milford, and, and Sanborn and Conval. Uh, you'll be able to check out Saturday. And then Saturday I will be heading out to Exeter for that game against Winnicott.
1: Should hopefully be uh, be
0: a pretty good one. Any plans to go to any uh, check out any games this weekend? Or you, you, you know, I'm
1: I'm kicking myself because um, my wife and I months ago planned uh, a trip to Foxwoods to see uh, Collective Soul and Sammy Hagar. <laughs> so, and we're staying Friday night and Saturday night. So, oh boy, yeah, I, I actually didn't even realize the repercussions of that decision until a couple mornings ago when I said, "Honey, you know." I'm gonna miss the whole weekend of high school <laughs> football, and she was like, "You'll live." Yeah, you are. <laughs> so, so I'll have to be sort of checking Twitter checking while. Checking to see, like, yeah. <laughs> turn around, hide yeah. your phone there. Yep. Uh,
0: good luck. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you again, for, Coach, for uh, for joining me, and uh, we'll talk to you again next weekend. Thanks everyone for listening, and have a great week.